We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. I think it's going to be a joke as, as we get close to each other, just who will win. I think it goes along with the confidence. I mean, I think we would have won, and Ty would probably say exactly the opposite. In my opinion, I think that we were going to win. I will say we won, and I'll have it in my heart. There's just no proof. <laughs> the biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers. The Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. What is up? Happy post-Mother's Day. You are tuned in to the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. I'm your host, John Little. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, just a reminder to rate and review the podcast if you get that shot on Apple Podcasts. We so appreciate it. Uh, did you see that we had another Unplugged podcast? Yes, Unplugged is back. And we talked about the difference and really got into it between the RPI structure and the net structure as far as uh, measuring who should make the NCAA tournament and who better to talk about that than Ken Palm himself, Ken Pomeroy, joining the Her Hoop Stats Unplugged podcast this past week. Hope you enjoyed that. And also Neil Ivey as well on the podcast last Monday, the new head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So we've had a couple of the big coaching changes in the nation uh, over the last few weeks. Vic Schaefer, Neil Ivey, and we just roll on with the big names here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. This week, it's a couple new Dallas Wings and a couple of the main stars on, uh, by many people's accounts, the top two teams in the country. And uh, I'm not saying that for sure. Yes, I know it's a controversial subject. Everybody's got their opinion on it. But certainly uh, two of the top teams in the country. As Ty Harris, uh, point guard for South Carolina, now point guard for the Dallas Wings, joins us along with Satu Sabali, the number two overall pick in the WNBA draft, 
and the former Oregon Duck as well. Let's get right to it because what's the next best thing to WNBA basketball? Talking to future WNBA basketball stars. Let's get it started with Ty Harris. Ty, thank you so much for taking some time. How are you today? I'm great. And you? I'm awesome. Thank you so much. So we're speaking about a week after the draft. How can you reflect on that night with us? How much did you know that Dallas was interested in you? Did you envision that as a real possibility for you going into the night? Um, I thought it was a possibility. I mean, I talked to them like a week before the draft happened. There was a lot of projections that I would go fifth to them or sixth to Minnesota. But um, I mean, I didn't know for sure, but there was a possibility because I was projected throughout like the fourth through like seventh pick. And so you're you're paying attention to those projections leading up to it. I was curious to to talk to somebody who had been that through that process recently. Finally, we're getting more WNBA coverage, more WNBA mock drafts, and things like that. Did you enjoy looking at those as a one of the draftees leading up to it? I say it was it was a hit or miss thing. I mean, uh, love hate kind of type of thing. <laughs> uh, sometimes if you have a bad game or a bad stretch, like you get dropped really low, or you drop out your rankings or whatever. And then vice versa. I started off actually third round, second to last pick, and then um, ended up being up there to the first round. So, I mean, it's really good. It's good and bad. I mean, it just depends how you look at it. You know, talking with Coach Staley about you uh, just a few days after the season came to a close, she said you really helped your draft stock uh, this year. And, you know, of course, being a four-year starter, who wouldn't want a four-year starting point guard on one of the top teams in the nation? But what do you think you did? What was one of the biggest things you did this past year that you proved you could do that helped your stock as a WNBA player? Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing I did was uh, asserting myself offensively. I think that was the biggest thing that people question is if I could score. And I think I did that um, throughout the season, especially during the big games. Was that a big adjustment for you, or was that easy to turn on? Um, it wasn't a big adjustment. I mean, I could always score. I mean, I was a scorer in high school. It just different teams that I had throughout the years of college. I had to play different roles, and I accepted them. So it was just whatever was presented in front of me. And, of course, it's a difficult situation when you are in a year where you've got three freshman starters around you and uh, lots of new players on that team, a relatively young team around you. But at the end of the year, you guys are the number one ranked team, everybody's consensus number one ranked team. What was your focus as you started to think about leading that South Carolina team coming into the year? What did you do with some of those youngsters uh, to make sure that they were in the right frame of mind leading into this season? Yeah, the first thing I did was uh, we played a lot of pickup before the season started so we just got we just ran games uh after workouts or even when we had off days we just play pickup just to get to know each other get team chemistry right um we did a lot of team activities off the court so we can build relationships and it's not also just on me but they came in wanting to listen and learn and that's a good thing because it's a two-way street whether it goes like you could tell somebody something they can either accept it and respect it or they can it can go in one ear out the other but they accepted everything wholeheartedly, and um, it was genuine just love between us two. But, I mean, they were great. They were great. Uh, <laughs> they made my year better. That's awesome. It, you know, as a point guard, does that inherently put more pressure on you to be a leader? Um, I don't think it puts more pressure. If you, I mean, because I already had, like, 
the background just trying to be well being a leader and being a captain so it didn't put too much pressure on me but I did have to just be more and more conscious that they're younger and they're new and they're coming in so I have to show more responsibilities and kind of show them ropes more and more and just kind of just leaving my legacy you have to deal with you know a really weird situation that basically nobody in women's basketball has ever had to deal with before is the shutting down of the the college basketball season at this point in the year right as you're moving into the NCAA tournament and you're left with that kind of unrequited love you know and and what could have been and and all those sort of things how did you deal with that loss of the season knowing that you were about to move on professionally what was that process for you it was super hard in the beginning uh I was heartbroken I was really sad about it just because I didn't like I didn't expect it to be my last game in the CLA where we play at um before the tournament the SEC tournament because we were supposed to go back there the first and second round so I didn't expect to be that like that last senior night was going to be my last game or um being around my team that like we're always around each other 24/7 so it was kind of just like well we went on spring break we were supposed to come back the day um after everything got shut down and we were supposed to get right back into it like the swing of things and then, like, all that stuff happened. Tournament got canceled. Coach texted us, and she was just like, stay home. So, like, it was just a weird adjustment because only have a couple clothes. Only brought a couple clothes home for me, with me, from the tournament because it was spring break. We only had four days. Mm-hmm. And all my all the rest of my clothes is back at school. But that everything got shut down, so, every, like, our apartments are closed down and stuff like that. And then, I mean, it's just weird. It's an unprecedented moment. Just everything's on hold. Like, nobody knows really when everything's going to get lifted up or when the lockdown's done for. But everything was shut down in the beginning, but um, I found a gym, luckily. And I'm also doing other things. I mean, I'm, fi- I got, I'm at peace with it all. Like, my body gets to rest. My mind gets to rest. I get to chill with my family, eat with my family more, and kind of just do little things that you really don't really appreciate when everything's on the go. And now, now that you have time to rest and look back, and you can see little things. You know, Ty, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, besides working out, uh, what do you do? Uh, and and obviously spending time with your family is incredibly important. But what do you do to kind of clear your mind? What are your favorite hobbies or habits or whatever that uh, that are, are just kind of therapeutic and, and good for you that uh, kind of get that good energy flowing? Yeah, Um. well, mostly it's just like playing games with my family. Like we have a ton of uh, game nights now. Uh, we actually sit down to eat dinner at the table together now. Like, it's, everybody's not just off somewhere eating by to pick up food wherever they're coming from. Uh, I'm reading books now. I usually didn't used to read, but since we have time, nothing but time, I'm reading books. You just learn more and more about yourself as, like, the time goes on. Who's the cook in the house? Who's the best cook in the house? Both my parents. They take turns. Oh, yeah? You know, my my daughter, especially during this time, she's been baking a lot, which, I, you know, is bad for my <laughs> waistline, but is, you know, is really good, I think, for the future, though, I think. So yeah. have your parents uh, teach you any uh, good new recipes or anything during this time? Or you just kind of let them take care of that? I just let them take care of it. I mean, because I was doing a lot of cooking and baking at school when we was in college. So, like, right now I'm just being spoiled with them just (laughs) cooking meals for me. It could be the last time you get to be spoiled like this. (laughs) Take advantage of it. You bet. You got to play for Don Staley for four years. And, you know, it seems like every year 
not that she wasn't already a legend, but she just gains more and more respect every year. When she recruited you coming out of high school, coming out of Indiana, and you decided to go there, how much did it have to do with uh, Don Staley's aura, so to speak, as you know, a, a WNBA star and a, a well-thought-of coach? How much were you starstruck by her at first? I guess is my question. Yeah, um, to be honest, this is gonna sound bad. I really didn't know too much about her before I got there until like I was getting recruited, and like everybody's like, "Oh, isn't Don Staley like the head coach?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like okay, yeah, she's the head coach." But then it was like, she was a great point guard, this and that. And I was like, "Whoa!" Like I, I really didn't know. And then like once I committed. I was like, that's when it hit me. Like, yeah, she's like a highly decorated point guard um, player. Um, she's she was that point guard for the longest. She's a legend, and so um, th- she did play a big part. Just because she was a point guard, I want to do everything that she's done. Uh, she can feed me knowledge. I can learn from her, and she has a lot of connections. And she's real and genuine, just as a person. Like she's she's a player's coach. She cares for me as much as she does as a player, as a person, and she invests in me. So that was the biggest thing, but it really didn't hit until like I was playing, and then like a couple of my friends would be like, "I just saw Don," and like they'd be like, "Can I can I can I call you so I can talk to Don?" I'm like, "What well, I see her every day? Like, why are you guys making a big deal?" But yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, and uh, that's uh, I, I appreciate your honesty in answering that question. I think that uh, gives us some great layers of information for sure. But Coach Staley, you say she's a player's coach. Is it like that even for freshmen? Is it easy even for the freshmen to, to get close to her at first? Because I know with some coaches, it's not necessarily the case. They're almost like, you know, you got to prove yourself to me in these first few years. Then I'll let you into the, into the circle. What's, yeah. what, what's Coach Staley like in regards to that? No, I think it's I think it's as evident as you come in. I mean, she everything that she says to you while she's recruiting is what it what it is really in real life. As soon as you step on the uh, floor or, or as soon as you get to campus, like she's real from the jump, even when she's recruiting you. So it's not like a culture shock of when oh she's this nice person, and then once you get in, it's like a different thing. Like no, from the jump, you know how real she is and what she what she thinks about you. All right, so who is going to win the title? South Carolina, Oregon. Somebody else? <laughs> In my opinion, I think that we were going to win. Uh, Bella Allery told me it was going to be Princeton, so I don't know. We've got that <laughs> to contend with now. No, I understand. How are how are you and Satu and Bella going to figure this out? How are you going to decide this thing? I, you know, who? How are you going to know who would have uh, who would have won in the end? Or is this just going to be yeah. this uh, this long term you know fight as you guys become old friends on this team? Um, I mean, I think I think if you just know people who are very competitive, you, you know you got to speak up for yourself or for your team. Like, if I say, if you say, who's going to win the one-on-one, me or or LeBron James? I'm going to say me. You got to have confidence in yourself, right? That's right. That's right. So, so, so you just got to have confidence in your team. I mean, I think it's going to be a joke as as we get close to each other, just who will win. But uh, we haven't talked too much about it. I mean, we talked the not so much of just Oregon, South Carolina, Baylor, or Princeton or anything like that, but... I mean, I played with Bella at USA two years, so I played with her, and I seen Satu playing in Oregon and just stuff like that. So it should be fun, just because we're rookies, and we're both we're all going through these times together, and whenever we need, we can lean on each other. And not only you guys going through it, but uh, you've got a talented second-year player in Arike and, you know, mm-hmm. Megan Gustafson, who earned her stripes a little bit at the end of last year, and then just the whole roster 
in Dallas is so young? Is that um, an intimidating thing or a scary thing to go into? Or is do you like that um, that factor that you don't have anybody, I think, over 27 on the roster? And I think uh, Kayla Thornton's like the, uh, the old woman on the yeah. roster there, and that's it. I think it's. I think it has its pros and cons. I mean, I think we will have some highs and lows in the season just because we are young and we have to get adjusted to everything. But then, too, since we are young, we can, like, Coach Agler, he can mold us into what he wants, his vision, and there's not going to be a lot of, you know, fighting back because we don't know any better. So, like, we can just trust in his system, trust whatever he's saying is the right thing to do, and just he can just mold us into the championship standard that he always has. Obviously, you know the situation behind Dallas last year. They they struggled at the point guard position because of Skyler being out and then, you know, Enrique having to handle the ball a lot. I, I don't even have to ask you how you fit in because you just fit in. <laughs> you know, they need a point yeah. guard and you're a point guard. How satisfying is that to know that they've got a need and you can fill it? Um, it's great. I mean, that's all I want is just to be able to contribute to a team, uh, use me to whatever they need me to use, be used as, uh, just be an asset for the team and just go in just with high uh, hopes and everything. But, I mean, they do have Mariah Jefferson. I mean, she was out. And I think she didn't play until 2018 or whatever. She was out. But um, if she does come back healthy, I can learn a lot from her and just keep it rolling. Yeah. What are the first questions that you're going to ask of some of these WNBA teammates who have been in the league a couple of years or anybody you've talked to? Like, uh, I, I know you had played with Alicia uh, Gray at uh, South Carolina. What, what are the first things that you want to know about playing in the W? Yeah, um, probably just the hardest thing to go through. Like, what, what was the hardest thing to go through? Was it the traveling? Was it playing back-to-back games, practicing and stuff like that? Just kind of get a feel for everything, how everything is going to play out. Of course, some of that stuff is getting better, at, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the, the hotel situation and, mm-hmm. and some things are improving uh, along those lines. How fortunate do you feel that you're coming into the WNBA after this uh, awesome CBA, just, uh, you know, the best collective bargaining agreement that the players have ever negotiated has been signed? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great thing that uh, the players are fighting for us. I mean, they're fighting for themselves, but just for us, too, as coming in, I mean, we hit the perfect timing for the CBA to have that agreement and deal. I mean, corona did happen, the pandemic did happen, but we also have that new CBA uh, where we get more and more money. And I think the more people that tries to fight for us, the more um, better it's going to get for the league. Ty, thank you so much for spending all this time with us uh, today, and congratulations on getting drafted into the league. That is a huge accomplishment, and we wish you the best of luck as you guys try to get the season started and you try to to find your way in this, this very talented group of players in this league. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Ty Harris. Love the honesty from Ty Harris, the former South Carolina point guard here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Love her talking about, yeah, I didn't really know how what a big thing Don Staley was uh, when I started at South Carolina. Love that honesty, but uh, obviously she knows now. And uh, point guard to point guard, uh, Don Staley really got a lot out of Ty Harris in the last four years. And it's going to be fun to see her play with the Dallas Wings and as well play with this next guest, Satu Sabali, the number two overall pick, uh, one of the most interesting players 
in basketball. We talk about having a target on their backs as Oregon this last year. We also get into a little bit of the uh, Oregon versus South Carolina thing. And we discuss as well when she knew she was going to be a top pick in the WNBA draft. Lots of fun stuff. Let's get to it. The new Dallas wing, Satu Sabali. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Thanks so much for being on. What has it been like since you became a Dallas Wing? I know at this point you would normally be in Dallas and and starting in-person training camp activities. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. What kind of team activities have you done so far, if any? I haven't done any team activities at all. You know, we're all in a group chat and we all have an email chain going on with videos coaches giving us. But um, other than that... Not a lot. I mean, I'm just still here in Oregon working out, staying in shape, and that's all I can do right now. I got you. And I was curious about that. You know, I'd heard some of the coaches talking about, yeah, I'm going to be sending out all the videos I can and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get them filmed. And do you find that helpful or intimidating Mm -hmm. at this point for a rookie that's just coming in? I think it's helpful because it prepares us at least a little bit. So we're not totally going into the unknown. Watching film and watching old games and watching structures really helps because we're a little bit prepared. I mean, other than that, you just have to be true to yourself and play like you have been playing. I mean, there's a reason why why we're all being drafted. And so we don't have to change too much and just stay in shape, be ready and be willing to work when we get there. Absolutely. What has Coach Agler told you so far about what kind of player he expects you to be at the next level and how you fit into his structure he definitely wants me to be a leader and um you know step up in my rookie year already he has really high expectations which I like I mean he puts a lot of trust in me and I'm just really excited you know but he's a great coach and I'm so excited to learn from him and the team and uh, all the other players you know I'm curious uh, Satu at what point you thought that you were going to be the number two pick in this draft Mm -hmm. or one of the first two players picked. At what point, even before you declared, did you kind of realize that if you did declare, you would be a a top two pick in this draft? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that up until pretty late, but the mock drafts, obviously, they kind of indicated that I would be in the top three. So I I was kind of anticipating top three the whole time and not necessarily – top two so I was just taking it easy not putting too much pressure on myself not you know not putting me into the position to which I can be disappointed afterwards so that wasn't really a factor in your decision to come out Mm -hmm. is is how early you're gonna go uh yeah I've heard you talk about uh, your family a lot and wanting to take some pressure off them and, you know, some Mm -hmm. different factors that weighed in your decision. Just with everything, how everything ended up coming down at the end of the season, no NCAA tournament for anyone, Mm -hmm. uh, no shot at a national championship. Do you have any reservations about the decision you made? Do you still believe it it was the right one for you? Yeah, I do believe it was the right decision. I'm a person that likes to be all in. I've had a lot of conversation before I entered my name. And so obviously, you know, some doubt is there always because there's just so much uncertainty right now in the world. But even college seasons are in danger right now. So, you know, I'm just all in about my decision. And I'm really confident now that I have made it. And I mean, now there's no turning back. So I should just look forward. What's been the most surprising thing about becoming a pro over these last few weeks? Is there anything Mm -hmm. that you didn't anticipate? I feel like 
all the attention is a lot more than I have ever could have imagined. And it's really cool to hear all that feedback that many people have so much trust in me. Um, you know, before that, there wasn't really a lot of conversation about me. But now I feel like there's a lot of attention and love. And it's just really cool to see that. Uh, and the obvious, uh, you know, connection here in Dallas, uh, people are mm-hmm. uh, keep talking about you and Dirk, Dirk and you. And I, th- I did see, yeah. was it an Instagram live that you guys did together? Uh, yeah, what, we did. That was just uh, so cool. And it, not necessarily, you know, that you're talking to a to an absolute legend, both here and in Germany. But at the same yeah. time, he was so, you know, down to earth a- as well. Uh, had you ever mm-hmm. met Dirk before then? And, and how did you find him during that time in the Instagram live with him? I have met him before, but he probably doesn't know that. <laughs> we have a conversation. Um, <laughs> but I was I was super young. I was like 13 or 14. And, you know, just looking up to him. And um, now in the Instagram live, you know, it came through my agency phone landed and uninterrupted was really helpful and wanted to connect us and on draft day they just wanted to show the insights and my emotions and me kind of speaking to all these role models including Dirk just took my nerves of it and it was really cool it was just exciting to hear what he had to say and what kind of calmed me down that is that is really cool draft day for you uh, hey, you looked uh, supremely confident as you sat there. Uh, tell me about um, the influences in <laughs> your in your background um, that that led to the the beautiful decorations. You know, just uh, they they popped on camera, and, and they certainly were unique um, mm-hmm. uh, as far as that night goes. Uh, what was the influence in putting all that together? Mm-hmm. So my father's from Gambia, the Gambia, and. Those fabrics are African fabric. They're African prints, and they're really colorful and just have all these um, kind of cool textures and shapes and forms. So it's really cool to see that on camera, obviously, in my suit. I wanted to have an African clothing um, on draft night, even if it would have been in New York. So I still wanted to keep the same thing, and having the African backdrop just fit it perfectly. And Yeah, that probably couldn't have uh, gone any better uh for sure it uh, it just it, it looked beautiful and it was a it was a really cool moment as well what else will you take out of the the draft night once uh once you got drafted mm-hmm. and you know having to do an interview you know kind of like this except uh, there's a little more delay in it and so it's on national television which is a lot different than what you're doing right now so uh, uh what was mm-hmm. what were those moments like uh, what do you remember from that it was cool. Honestly, I really have to admit, I don't remember a lot from that night because it was just so hectic and so many interviews and so much happened and all these things. I just remember my name being called and me kind of, you know, having to speak into the little phone that was set up in front of us uh, and the ESPN as like functioning as the ESPN camera. But it was, I mean, it was cool. It was fun. But I look back at the pictures and then I remember through my pictures. Yeah, I think a lot of us live through our pictures these days. Yeah. And we're like, oh, I yeah. don't remember what I was thinking. I don't remember exactly. what I was thinking when that happened. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the, the Oregon season, if you would, uh, just a little bit mm-hmm. with us. I talked to Coach Graves over the summer last year, kind of leading into the year when it was obvious that there was going to be a lot of hype behind mm-hmm. Oregon basketball. And I'm curious to know, did you guys ever feel pressure as a top team or as the hunted team mm-hmm. this season, or do you think that that pressure would have mainly come once you got a little further into the NCAA tournament? if it would have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, pressure was a lot of 
uh, we had a lot of conversations around pressure uh, in our locker room and Kelly, our coach, he would always say, you know, we're doing what we love. We play basketball and pressure is, you know, when a single mother is trying to find food for her kid. But um, that's what he would always say. And that's true. You know, we're just doing what we love and we're just playing the game. And that's what we should enjoy. We shouldn't put our eyes on all the media attention that we got. And, you know, we should also take some pressure off Sab, who obviously had the most media attention, the most pressure out of all of us. And taking that from her and just being internally strong helped us along the whole season. And, I mean, throughout the end, we were not even the first you know, so <laughs> it was it was South Carolina who had all the pressure technically, but it was still, you know, all the attention was on us and all the focus. So we, ju- we just ignored it. Sports talk radio these days, you know, it's all built on fighting over who's the best, right? And who's the greatest yeah. of all time. And, uh, you know, this is one of those debates this year that is never going to be settled. And people will always have their favorite. Maybe it's Oregon. Maybe they're thinking South Carolina and you've got tie on the team. Yeah. Maybe you've got uh, maybe they were th- somebody else is thinking uh, another team was the best. And you'll mm-hmm. never get to settle that. How uh, when you when you think about that, I mean, is it going to be one of those things where you're mm-hmm. 60 years old, it's 40 years down the line and, and you and Ty are still arguing <laughs> over that down the line? What do you think? <laughs> um, I think it goes along with the confidence. I mean, I think we would have won and my in my heart. We're the winners. Ty would probably say exactly the opposite. And um, I mean, exactly we cannot prove it it would be amazing if we could ever step on a court again and just play you know five on five with the exact same teams and have like a semi-professional uh ncaa team but um you know it's never gonna happen so i'll say we won and i'll have it in my heart there's just no proof (laughs) well i'd pay to see it i'll tell you that i'd uh you (laughs) know know, right i'd chip in uh, at least 20 bucks i've got 20 bucks here (laughs) Uh, we're talking with satu sabali and uh it's been a lot of fun so far and uh, you know so you step in from a favored team a team that you know at the very least people were expecting big things from in the ncaa tournament and you Mm -hmm. step on to an extremely young team at the next level Mm -hmm. there's got to be some excitement in there but at the same time it's it's got to be also a a little bit nerve-wracking as well how do you feel Mm -hmm. going on to a team where there aren't a lot of old wily veterans Mm -hmm. you know I'm excited I mean we can create everything new we can create a new team culture we can learn from a great coach he he has proven himself already and we we will learn from him and there are some older players who I will learn from too I mean we're not only rookies right now so that that is a benefit and I feel like we have this naive young fresh energy which is good in my opinion but you know it's going to be a process to learn it's going to be a learning curve and I'm I mean I'm looking forward to it still it's different than a veteran team obviously but we're going to play against veterans and we're going to learn from them and yeah, it was the same in Oregon. I mean, when I came here, no one was really watching the games and we were not as good and look where we are now. So we can always build a program with that team now. Very, very exciting team, of course, and also a team that can grow as well. And you can grow as a player, I'm sure, too. And, and you grew a lot mm-hmm. in your time at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Graves I talks did. about... You know, you going from a spot-up shooter, an occasional straight-line driver, to where you're a great finisher and a, and a great passer. Where can you take? Yeah. Where can you take the game uh, beyond that? Uh, where are the next spots where you can excel? I think I could still be a 
better playmaker. I can still improve on that. I can improve on my defense, shoot out of more, um, you know, shoot out of more situations and create better shots for me and my teammates, rebound harder. I feel like I can improve in every kind of aspect of my game. It is going to be a lot of fun to, to see how you play on the floor, but then at the same time, it seems as though Dallas is getting a great person off the floor as well. And, <laughs> and that's you. another thing that Kelly has, has bragged on you about, saying that you could be the prime minister of Germany uh, if you <laughs> yeah, wanted to be. That. And uh, what's what's your reaction when somebody says something like that? Do you do you think of yourself as a politician or as a, how, how about this? Uh, politician is probably not a good word. But an influencer, <laughs> but an influencer in some way that can change the world for good. Yeah, I do. I mean, when I when someone says prime minister, I always laugh when Kelly says that. Uh, I always laugh it off, and I'm like, ah, oh, Kelly, you know. But um, I would see myself as an advocate more um, more than a politician. I mean, there's always a lot to learn. I'm not uh, I'm not a person that knows everything, and. Yeah, you know, it's still a process. I'm learning a lot of things. I still want to go to law school. I'm a young person, but I definitely see myself as an advocate that uses her voice. And that's really cool. And you've seen players like Maya <laughs> yeah. Moore, an absolute star in this league, step away. Yeah. And then Imani McGee Stafford did the same thing here exactly. very recently as well. How do players like that, showing that you know the world's not just about basketball, what do you think it does for the game to deepen conversations about whether it be social justice or criminal mm-hmm. justice, like we've uh, you know we're talking about with uh, with Maya? Uh, what does that do? Do you think for for the world, people with those platforms stepping away from basketball and and going after something they feel is greater at this time? Mm-hmm. I think it just shows how people are more accepting of other people speaking out their minds and being able to develop as someone who's more than an athlete you know athlete you know people always say that now but it really means that that you can be more than an athlete and that you can do more than just playing on a field and it makes you more human too I mean you really people see you as an athlete first but then they look behind the curtains and see oh this person is actually using her voice his voice and does good things in the world with their platform so it's it's definitely a cool thing Uh, obviously with uh, three top 10 picks in the draft this past year some talent leaves the Oregon Ducks but at the same time I I know they've got some uh, some players coming up as well the our, Mm -hmm. our crew at her hoop stats wanted to know from your position who do you think is the next big thing at Oregon, who are we not uh, thinking about that has a possibility to really step up and, and be a big part of that team over the next couple of years? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, I mean, I'm biased in this, but I think a lot of people underestimate my sister just because she was injured, but she she's going to be an All-American one day, and she she's a baller, and she's going to bring Oregon to the top. But, you know, we have really great players coming in. We have really great players there right now, Sedona Prince, amazing player, and Taylor Chavez. They're really going to put Oregon or keep Oregon on the map. So I'm really excited about that. What do you think about the prospect of actually, you know, sharing the floor with your sister maybe for a whole season, you know, and leaving that, you know, to go pro? Was that a tough part Mm -hmm. of the decision? It was very tough. And we had a lot of conversation around that. But, you know, for some reason, we think it was meant to be that we just wait for one another. The ability for people to not compare us the whole time on the floor. And that's good. So I don't know. I'm just 
I'm just really excited that she can go her own way and that she'll be excited to do that. But it was definitely a hard decision. That's a great point and definitely looking at it from a, a bright side perspective as well, which is which is really yeah, cool. You got to. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the the five McDonald's All-Americans that uh, Kelly's bringing in as well. What draws people mm-hmm. to Kelly Graves? Why why do players want to play for him? I think his openness and you know during the recruiting process he really puts an emphasis on the players getting to know the other players who are already there and it just shows like we're really good people. He's really good people, awesome family. And he's always there for you, whatever you need, you can really count on him. And I feel like that, like people get a sense of that when they come to recruiting trips and it's just really, really cool. And of course that campus is just uh, absolutely gorgeous. And that place you get to play. Very gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that helps a lot as well. And yeah, uh, it does. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing you in uh, a Dallas uniform as soon as that is available to happen. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows when that's going to be, but uh, we wish you the very best in this time off. Uh, Hope you uh, are able to accomplish everything you want to accomplish before the season starts, and uh, we'll see you on the floor very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Satu Sabali here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. And gosh, just a lot of fun to get those two players together and hear from them back to back in Ty Harrison, Satu Sabali, and a lot of great young players for the Dallas Wings as well. And yes, I got to talk to Bella Allery too, and that will be coming your way in a future show as well. And uh, yeah, you best be believing we talked uh, about Broadway shows with Bella and so much more as well. So that's still to come, something to look forward to, and just so much more on the way here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. And I tell you, I'm, I'm hurting for you. I am. I'm hurting for you that there's no sports right now. I'm hurting for you that there's no women's basketball at the moment. But let's just press forward. Let's get the most out of this time that we possibly can, and that goes for me too. So I just hope it's a productive week for you, that you find your joy, that you find your passion, and that you keep pressing forward as we try to stabilize ourselves as a country and across the world. One more time, rate and review the podcast. We always appreciate those honest ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the podcast, and I am so glad that this space is increasing, that there are more people saying, where can I find great women's basketball podcasts? And there are great women's basketball podcasts that are starting as well. But I pledge this to you, that you're going to get a little bit of both here. You're going to get great interviews. And then on the unplugged portion, you're going to get some honest opinions as well. So kind of the best of both worlds. And that's why we invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We've got one or two for you every single week. And make sure to reach out just anytime you want to. Our email is podcast at herhoopstats.com. Our DMs are open at herhoopstats or mine at John Little Voice on Twitter. The announcer on the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Susie Solis. The great Jared Deck, jareddeckmusic.com, does the music, of course, and Aaron Barzalot is our executive producer. I'm your host, John Little, reminding you that at the Her Hoot Stats podcast, we are unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, Goal! 
You can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H 2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.